Apparently, rocks are racist now. Nobody likes the term Latinx, according to a new Gallup poll that's out. And Nike is just completely insufferable, among other things. We got a great guest for you today. Thanks for tuning into the Joe Bob Show. It starts right about now. Three, two, one. bunker completely cut off from the outside world except for you fine folks thanks so much for tuning into the joe bob show my name is joe bob we've got a, another fun one for you today apparently rocks on the university campus of wisconsin are racist and need to be removed nike put out more insufferable ads that just makes them completely ruin commercial times in sports uh a new gallup poll out shows that latinx is uh Less popular than you might think, among other things, including the infrastructure bill. Uh, breaking news also happened literally a couple minutes ago. Uh, GovGov Bro Bro Cuomo in New York has officially resigned, or not officially, effective 14 days from now. But Cuomo Bro is out in New York. We'll touch on that in just a few minutes. But first, I have to tell you about capitalist propaganda. Now, you may think capitalist propaganda, isn't that a bad thing? Yeah, if you're AOC, capitalist propaganda is a bad thing. But apparently, we have to promote capitalism nowadays. And the best way to do that is to head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us. It's the best place to buy the gear that tells your socialist friends that their ideas completely and totally suck. Capitalist propaganda, uh, a lot of fun designs. It's up to you to help spread capitalist propaganda to defeat the empire. Just some fun capitalism stuff, pro-capitalism. This is the one I was wearing yesterday. Go ahead, use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. Uh, you're welcome, love capitalism, capitalism rocks. A lot of fun stuff at capitalistpropaganda.us. You may be asking, well, where did you get that awesome Corruptifornia t-shirt? Uh, well, that's also an exclusive at Capitalist Propaganda. I'm not sure if it's available right now, but you can get it over at capitalistpropaganda.com. So, without further ado, we want to get into the topics of the day, and we have an awesome guest today. He's a contributor over at TPUSA and also one of the hosts on their brand new show uh, airing each and every day starting in mid-September. I'll let him fill you in on that. Please welcome to the show John Root. John, how are you doing today, brother? What's going on, Joe Bob? It's great to see you. It's good to be here, and I'm glad that... Um, do we consider this the 14 days to slow the spread of Cuomo, or how do we do <laughs> And then, and then he's gone. <laughs> the I'm excited to be here. The 14 days to slow the spread of Cuomo. You know what's interesting to me? This is this is just to touch on this a little bit. We don't have a ton of information because there haven't been time to write articles or anything, read any commentary on it just yet. But like all of the pressure that had to pile on in order to get him to resign. All at the beginning of this year, he had all the same sexual misconduct stuff come out. He was killing old people, and then it came out that he, he covered everything up, or tried to at least, and it all got out. Still, none of that was enough for him to resign. And then finally, the pressure got too big, too overwhelming, and he finally has to call it quits. That's just seems to be par for the course uh, when you're when you're in your big lefty, lefty blue state politicians. I just love when this stuff happens and then you see him just trying to bash Kavanaugh, you know, during his hearing. And then <laughs> oh it's just like, you're the bad dude. <laughs> yeah, I forgot it, about that. Oh, it was it's it's so funny because the left just eats themselves consistently. Oh my and, god. Oh, it's it's good to see. It's gonna be um it's gonna be good for New York and good for the country that he's finally moving on. 
Yeah, he's uh, he, in his statement that he was saying, he said, it's, I'm doing it because I love New York. Uh, yeah, they don't really love you, brother. So uh, adios. And we'll see what happens. Nobody loved uh, what you were doing to them for a long time. So Yeah. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Chris, too, because Chris was running point on his political operations. If you remember in March or May or whenever, whenever the first round of the sexual misconduct allegations were coming up, Chris was in his brother's ear saying, uh, you know, just weather the storm. All this stuff blows over. Just stay calm, stay. So, you know, I wonder if CNN will be able to tolerate that. CNN this last week, I don't know if you saw the ratings failed to reach a million viewers for the entire week for the first time in their entire history. So uh, CNN is failing, and we'll see what happens with, with Yeah, who would have thought? Trump's out of office, and then no one wants to watch CNN anymore. They don't know <laughs> what to talk about anymore. Uh, yeah, that's that just seems to be the state of things. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, feel free to go to the podcast Make sure you can get the Joe Bob Show, or you can get the Joe Bob Show on all your podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, all of those. Uh, we're talking about Governor Cuomo uh, and all of the craziness surrounding that whole situation. He did just resign, but again, there's not too much out yet. Maybe we'll talk about it more tomorrow with uh, Judge Steve Bailey. But today, John, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, did you know that rocks can be racist? I've been feeling that for a long time, ever since I was a kid, just skipping rocks at the lake. I just felt like there was something wrong about these. So luckily, the University of Wisconsin's doing something about it. <laughs> so this story out of CNN, the University of Wisconsin uh, removed a boulder that is apparently racist. They removed a 42-ton boulder from Madison campus Friday after complaints from the students of color, or complaints of students of color called the rock a symbol of racism. Chamberlain Rock, which sat above the head of observer Point since 1925 was named after Thomas Chamberlain, a geologist and former university president who served from 1887 to 1892. The Wisconsin Black Student Union last summer called for the rock to be removed from the campus as one of a series of demands that said it was aimed at seeking justice for black students. Look, there is a lot of righteous causes to be upset about around the world. Uh, what, uh, you know, what do you think about uh, the rock? Uh, is that not the rock, the rock? Uh, we all love him, but the the actual tangible rock that seems like a righteous injustice of all the things to care about. Uh, Got to get that rock out of there. The only object I can think of is like really evil and just like innately evil is like a horcrux. So if somehow, some way, <laughs> we figured out that this rock was like a horcrux, and then it just like is just Voldemort inside of this rock. You just said like, the word. You're not allowed to say the word. Oh, I can, I can say it now. The Deathly Hollow <laughs> Part 1 and 2 came out. I mean, Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. <laughs> Try to say that three times fast. But it's, this is the kind of stuff, like, I don't know if someone heard The Rock talk and then it said something that was just, like, unsavory. But in general, like, we live in a crazy world where everyone's just ready to get triggered. And, <laughs> like, we have to – I would love to sit down with the – person or the people that came up and said, hey, University of Wisconsin, this rock right here, man. Like, <laughs> there's some bad things going on in the world, but we need this rock on. And then we'll be able to find racial equality again. It's just <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Like, I didn't, it looked like a Babylon Bee title. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's insane. The Native American Student Organization uh, partnered with the Wisconsin Black Student Union in the rock removal effort, the university said. Boulder sat on ancestral Ho-Chunk land. The university had to get permission from Wisconsin's Historical Society to remove the boulder. 
Um, the chancellor's office said it's using private donations to pay the $50,000 price tag for the rock's removal. It's being, it's being moved to a university owned, uh, property in Southeast Madison. John, have you noticed anything about this article that wasn't mentioned yet? Uh, I can give you a couple hints. I, well, I don't, have you heard at all why the rock is deemed to be racist? Of course not. Because <laughs> yeah, like. School officials are terrified to be called racist themselves. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, this is like another like uh, Mizzou situation. I don't know if you yeah. remember the hunger strike there, but you know, I have a school <laughs> show. I'm starting with um, yeah. turning point here. And then we're talking about some of these things. Like when did we see the shift of politics on campus? We talk about that at Turning Point USA quite a bit. And you have no journalists that are actually doing journalism. Mm -hmm. Ask them why this is happening. They're, all they're doing is reporting, hey, this is how much it costs to get the rock on out of here. That racist rock, that horrible yeah. rock. Out of all the rocks, this is the worst rock. <laughs> they're not asking why. It's just, so there's like the Mizzou hunger strike again, where it's just hearsay and you're trying to get, get people to, I don't know, like denounce their whiteness or whatever it may be, privilege. Yeah racism, whatever. It, it doesn't make sense. They're not going to ask why. They haven't been asking why for years. So there's one line, one single line in this rather lengthy article, maybe six or seven paragraphs, that says why The Rock was racist. A 1925 Wisconsin State Journal article used the N-word as part of a nickname for the giant boulder. So a, a hundred year old article used a not obviously not good word to describe part of a nickname for the giant boulder. Therefore, no way we could keep this rock on our campus. It has to be gone immediately. Yeah, judge, jury, and execution <laughs> for that one. It's just 100-year-old stories. Yes, let's, let's unearth all that stuff. And I mm -hmm. think if we looked at 100-year-old stories, I think everything would be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, seriously. Like, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Everybody's ready to get triggered. Everybody feels victimized. And if you feel victimized by a rock, you should probably transfer out of America. <laughs> you know what? You know what would have saved the rock, actually, is if it were infrastructure, which is another thing happening today. Everything is apparently infrastructure. Uh, the Senate today is scheduled to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, that's going to add a ton more to the debt. Now, just to be fair, I personally was complaining when George Bush was adding to the debt, and then when Obama was adding to the debt, and then when President Trump was adding to the debt. I don't like people adding to the debt, especially for nonsense things called infrastructure that aren't actually infrastructure. There was a report that came out that finally is going through this 2,700-page bill saying that only about 23% of the bill was for actual infrastructure, roads, waterways, highways, airports. Only about 23% of the trillion dollars in spending is actual infrastructure. I, for one, am shocked, to be, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not shocked in the least bit at all. Like, especially, too, that's all the left does. They try to redefine words. So you hear infrastructure, and you probably got a bunch of people like, us, we used to live in Cal. I used to live in California, yeah. and then we went to school together in California. And we're like, yeah. these roads suck. Like infrastructure, <laughs> that sounds great. Let's definitely do what we can to fix the roads and do what we can to just, you know, take this country to a place where we can just not go through so many potholes, whatever. That's what everybody yeah. thinks, and that's what yeah. the left is so effective. They're like, I'll throw out infrastructure, 
But when you actually also, who's reading this? Like, can we get a none of the senators? None of the senators read it at all. And and here's what here's the problem. Here's what I'll tell you about this: is I am actually shocked, and it, this is unfortunate. But I'm actually shocked that the number was high. I, I'm relieved almost that it was at least 20%. But when I was reading this article from the Wall Street Journal saying 23% was actual hard infrastructure, I went, whew, thank God it's not 5% or 10%, which is what I would honestly be used to or think that I would be reading given the fact that this infrastructure nonsense encompasses literally everything going on in the United States. Everything is infrastructure. So I just assumed that less of it, led 23%, uh, would be actual infrastructure. So I am kind of relieved, honestly, to, uh, if we're, we're going to be real here. Um, I think of no Wolf of Wall Street, too. Like, I think just fun coupons, constantly just fun <laughs> coupons are just being thrown out there with this new administration. And I don't, it does. It doesn't make sense, and I feel terrible for the next generation that's going to grow up. I mean, these are hundreds of billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Like this doesn't so, make sense. When you say fun coupons, that's literally exactly what it is. Kimberly Strassel in the Wall Street Journal had an opinion piece last week that basically said that Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, is effectively now the transportation czar, and in this, but in this bill that has. Like you're saying, the fun coupons, a lot of fun coupons are going to Pete Buttigieg's office and he's going to be able to plan to the mile marker where all of the electric vehicle charging stations are going to be throughout America. Now, I don't know about you, but I think the gas industry, the people that were pushing petroleum and, and gas powered vehicles, did a pretty good job. The market did a pretty good job at defining where gas stations should be. But Apparently, Pete Buttigieg is going to do just as good of a job uh, working his magic in the transportation department. I don't, I don't see how that's going to go wrong at all. The government planning literally everything uh, in terms of how. <laughs> no, that's that's always worked. So I, I trust yeah. it for sure. This, this <laughs> will be great. This will be real good. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, the next thing to pass, so the next thing that Pelosi is saying that she's not even going to bring this particular bill before, I think her ideas are going to change a little bit. Um, but she's saying that the next infra infrastructure $3.5 trillion bill has got to pass. And I would expect that zero percent of that will be on actual infrastructure. And it's likely to focus on racial issues, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, to curb the racist, racist system that is the United States, which leads us to this new Gallup poll that comes out. I don't know if you saw this, but mm -hmm. Latinx, uh, have you, do you use the word Latinx just, just out of curiosity? So when I was working uh, for a few different sports teams in the Bay Area, we mm -hmm. had like uh, Hispanic Heritage Night, and then they wanted mm -hmm. me to use Latinx consistently. And then, dude, for me, I, I, it, it doesn't make, it didn't really make sense to me. But you know, I'm also like, hey, I'm the whitest guy on the planet, so like, let's <laughs> to, to the bottom of this. So when I interviewed one of our players, um, that's um, half black, half Hispanic, I was asking him, do you want, do you want me to use this? Um, and then he was just like, no. <laughs> so. Dude. Yes. So here's what, here's what's interesting to me is the the pronunciation of it. Also, uh, you look on all these campuses like Harvard, uh, Yale, Princeton, all these big uh, academic places, and they all say Latin X, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's not Latin O or Latin A. It's Latino, Latina. So wouldn't Latinx make more sense than Latin? I, I don't know. I, that's just that's I, I I don't understand it. But. Interesting poll came out of Gallup saying that they, so they asked a bunch of Hispanics. Now I'm going to call them Hispanics 
because, well, I'll, you'll see why. They asked a bunch of Hispanics how they feel about the word Latinx or what they feel like they should be called. 57% said, it doesn't matter. I literally don't care because you know why? Because I have better things to do with my life. I, I do not care what I'm called. I have a job. I have to feed my family. Uh, I have to put yeah, food on the table, pay the mortgage, all of that other stuff that normal Americans have to do. So 57% of them said they didn't even care. 23% of them said, I like to be called Hispanic. So the plurality when it comes to what they actually like to be called is Hispanic. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been told constantly that Hispanic is a racist term. I News to me. Um, but then 15% said Latino. When, it, when they asked Latinx, 4% of Hispanics said, yeah, please call me Latinx. That's what I would like to be called. So 96% of Latina, Latino people or Hispanic people say, we don't want to be called Latinx. You can't get 96% of people to agree that Nebraska is a state, let alone anything. <laughs> and so... The, the idea that that few people actually want to be called Latinx is just baffling to me. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, it just reminds me of like, I'm always going to bring things back to sports. Like you saw the new name change with the Cleveland Guardians. Like people weren't offended by the Indian's name. They named it after a Native no. American, the first Native American um, to find his way into Major League Baseball. And it's just like with the Washington Redskins. Um, the Redskins logo was made by a Native American on a reservation. <laughs> and yeah. Native Americans weren't offended. So like, thank God people are finally asking like, well, maybe we should stop asking like woke white liberals what they think. And maybe we should ask the people that are actually Hispanic. <laughs> ask them, start so doing was, your job. There was <laughs> like, this really, there's this really interesting quote from this political pundit, Natalie Schur. I don't know if you've heard of her. Uh, she says, I'm no expert on this stuff, but it always struck me as screwed up that Latinx tacitly cast the language spoken by the people as it describes as problematic and then attempts to rectify it with a word that only makes sense in an Anglophone context, basically saying... People that are pushing the term Latinx are saying that the language as a whole, because it separates and differentiates from gender, is problematic. And therefore saying the language that the brown people speak is problematic. And the only way that we can rectify it is use our definition of what we want them to be called, not what they want to be called, what we would like them to be called, in order to tell them, here's what you are now. Uh, that's in, that's insulting too. Like it is. I feel like that's that's what we're finding out consistently. It's just like we're trying to get rid of gender and we're trying to tell people what they should be called. Like if I was Hispanic, I would be insulted. Yeah, like brown not, people not are just telling me how to live my life, what I should be called. Like that's the most insulting thing is when you have just some like crazy woke white liberals that are like, no, this is how it should be. It's like you have no idea what it's like to be me, and you don't yeah. know what I want to be called. So why don't you just actually ask me and then take a seat. Um, <laughs> Just brown caring. people are just too stupid to figure out what they want to be called. Just those, those brownies don't have any idea what they want to be called. So we're going to dictate from on high. Another interesting thing that I think is fascinating about this whole thing, the, the super woke uh, NPR, the nationally progressive radio, uh, the New York Times, and sometimes even the Washington Post use the term Latinx. And I just want to ask one of those reporters, like, hey, who is this for? Given that the polling shows that nobody in this demographic that you're categorizing Latinx or Latinx, 
Why do you still say it since nobody wants that? Is, is this some sort of power trip that you've got? Because, yeah, NPR, uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, a lot of your super, super lefty uh, legacy media companies still use the word despite the idea that it, it, <laughs> nobody wants to be called that. So I, I don't know, man. The world's just well, crazy. It's like a lot of what's going on in our world, too. It's, man, I libs of TikTok. Um, is one of my favorite <laughs> accounts right now. And I've watched so many, like, I honestly can't stand TikTok, but there is so <laughs> much great content on there. And there's people that are just, uh, say there was a teacher, I can't remember where she was from saying, oh my gosh, so this kid in my class wanted to be called a she, and then later on wanted to be called a he, and then now it's like they, them. So it's like, we're constantly in this like, okay, well, what do you want to be called? Yeah. Um, what do you want to go by? And it's just changing consistently. And honestly, it's it's disgusting. It's happening in classrooms. And now you see with Latinx, like, do you want to be called Latinx or Hispanic? It's just like, can we just like stick to certain things? And then if some for some reason somebody wants to be called something else, they can bring it up. And yeah. then they should well, I, I don't care. just getting offended. Just like, hey, if you want to be called this, that or the other thing, just let us know because people aren't trying to offend you. It's yeah, it's. <clears throat> Yeah, it just it, it's it's uh, further. I tweeted yesterday and it got a lot of hate. Uh, the uh, stop liberal a racism. A lot of hate on Twitter? No way. Oh yeah, no, it's crazy. Did you know that? Did you know that people on Twitter are sarcastic, snarky, and just overall mean? Uh, but yeah, I tweeted uh, <laughs> stop li liberal racism, and a lot of people were confused. One of my favorite lines, and I I'll say this right now, but I do say it seriously to people uh, <laughs> when I people are at, talking to me about stuff. Um, and I'm usually really nice in like person to person political conversations because I just, I don't know, I'm not trying to start fights with anybody, but I'll say with a kind of agree to disagree, having just a civil dialogue. Yeah, I don't what care. Um, but uh, I, I say with a straight face to them, look, I don't believe that voting for Joe Biden automatically makes somebody racist and then just watch somebody go, wait, wait. No, that was never a thing. Is that a thing? Nobody thinks that a thing. That's a thing. If you voted for you're racist, what what do you mean you don't think Joe Biden? What? And then just watch them implode from the inside. I think it's I think it's very funny and it entertains me uh, <laughs> at the at the cost of usually my wife who's standing next to me. Um, <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of racism and wokeness, um, we have an, a really really fun not fun, really interesting Nike ad that uh, came through in the Olympics. Uh, a lot of commentary on it. We'll play the Nike ad for you right after I tell you about capitalist propaganda. Capitalist propaganda is the best way to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us to get some of the awesome gear that promotes capitalism because apparently we have to do that now. Capitalism, capitalist propaganda, go ahead, use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me, said capitalism. You're welcome, love capitalism, as everything that we do and we love is because of capitalism, capitalism rocks. Head over to capitalistpropaganda.us. You can also get the awesome Corruptifornia t-shirt, the CNN sucks t-shirt. All of that is over at capitalistpropaganda.us. Tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Speaking of socialism, uh, and racism, I guess. I want to play this Nike ad. Uh, well, I don't even want to say this necessarily socialism, but j just let's watch this ad, John, and then we'll, we'll discuss. Today I have a presentation on dynasties. But I refuse to talk about the ancient history and drama. That's just the patriarchy. Instead, I'm going to talk about a dynasty that I actually look up to. An all-women dynasty. Women of color. Gay women. 
Women who fight for social justice. Women with a jump shot. A dynasty that makes your favorite men's basketball, football, and baseball teams look like amateurs. A dynasty with fire braids. A dynasty with sick style. A dynasty with crazy dimes. A dynasty that makes Alexander the Great look like Alexander the Okay. The dynasty that's been reigning for the past 25 years. It's undefeated since 96. The USA basketball women's national team. Seven-time consecutive gold medalist. And most importantly, women that made it possible for girls like me to feel like they can be a part of whatever dynasty they want. The greatest dynasty ever. So sorry that was a little bit choppy. We got to, yeah, it's a connectivity issue, but uh, you heard the whole ad as it uh, is in its entirety. Look, I, I don't have any issue with people promoting the idea that our women's team is awesome. Our women's basketball team yeah, is they're, freaking they're amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of attention goes to the men's basketball team, but the women have won seven consecutive Olympic gold medals. That is freaking unbelievable, uh, the level of success that anyone has in any sport regarding – disregarding gender. It, it, just anybody in any sport, that is a huge accomplishment. However – the commercial that they're, they're pushing says, well, I want to study dynasties that are uh, only have to do with entirely women dynasties where they beat up on men's sports. Like, all right, now, like, again, I'm okay. Like, push the success of the women's basketball team. But let's not pretend something that isn't really happening here. Uh, it's just a reality that men's teams are better than women's team. The 64th seed in the NCAA tournament would trounce the women's uh, Olympic team. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, the, the wokeness out of the company's advertising during the Olympics, I think, is a huge reason as to why Olympic ratings were in the toilet. I, I, I don't know. It's, that's, just, that's just how I see it. Yeah, I mean, the we have to start at the women's U.S. national team is so good at basketball. They're yeah. incredible. And nobody's mm -hmm. saying that they're not good at basketball. But in general, they're trying to make them something they're not. Mm -hmm. They are not going to be the greatest dynasty ever. Like, you're talking about you're trying to compare that to, like, Alexander the Great yeah. and his historical events and, like, oh, forget these men of history. Like, we can learn from men and women of history. Can yeah. we just come together and say that? And then well, it's like, yeah. also, we need to go back to like the women's national soccer team. They got beat by 14 year old boys. Like, yeah. we're not taking away how much success they've found mm -hmm. and, and our women's basketball team, how much success they've found. It's like, stop trying to make this men against women. Can we just celebrate men and women together and just realize in their respective sports, um, they've done a great job and just go from there. Well, and I don't, and I don't want to uh, skip over the fact that in the in the commercial, she says, uh, "I want to make sure that I'm studying all female dynasties of women's basketball, women of color. We don't want to study any of the design dynasties that took place over history. We don't. We don't want to study how the world came to be, how it is. No, we study uh, <laughs> women of color playing basketball. I, I get that. It's just a weird thing to me. All tied around the idea." They're trying to sell shoes. How, in, in the greater scheme of things, how is this a, a ploy to sell shoes as it is a Nike commercial? So I don't quite understand it. Uh, CEO, Nike CEO was asked why he wouldn't speak on China's human rights abuses when it came 
out front on societal issues here in the U.S. So obviously Nike promoting a bunch of cultural society issues here in the U.S. That was an, a commercial that aired during the Olympics and all around in the United States uh, on the homeland. But the Nike CEO last week was asked, why not be more upfront and open about China's societal issues? He said, China is a very important market to us. We have a long-term history in China. Uh, CEO Jack Donahoe says, we take a very long-term view with China. We'll continue to invest in China while op also operating a very special, sorry, very responsible global supply chain. Uh, that was a nice, healthy word salad, which I should probably be eating more of as I'm getting into old age. Uh, but just said a bunch of nothing, uh, especially given all of the atrocities that are happening in China as we speak, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they don't really care about equality and diversity and empowerment like they pretend to. They can put together like some really well-produced videos and commercials and everything, but it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you're using slave labor to to make these shoes. Like I've, I've talked about this before, like LeBron, he puts equality yeah. on the back of his shoes. And if he really wanted equality, he would have his shoes made in America and yeah. start promoting that. And he wouldn't be using that on the backs of these people that are getting grossly underpaid. And mm -hmm. then also too, it's like you see consistently these commercials, they're trying to make women's basketball and women's sports into something they're not. Like if you yeah. really want to empower women, maybe you should get transgenders out of your sport. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe that's something, but that's something they'll never stand against. But if you hear something like the C, uh, CEO is basically saying we're a company of and for China, that should scare you. For me, I'm not, I'm not buying any more Nike stuff. I've worn Nike stuff my entire yeah. life. Um, but when I hear something like that, especially with the human rights abuses that are going on over there, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a part of this, but it's such a bummer too, because there's so much money in yeah. our American sports. NBA jerseys are made by Nike. MLB jerseys are made by Nike. Some mm -hmm. of our biggest athletes in the country are Nike athletes. And then mm -hmm. even look at all the apparel in the Olympics made yeah. by Nike. So there's money and power behind this. Mm -hmm. And it should be terrifying when you hear a CEO say something like that. Well, and, and on top of that, I mean, well, so not even on top of that, like in China, China's got the most restrictive social anything. They've got the whole social credit score thing. Uh, and it really is a place that we don't want to be. However, it seems like we're taking steps to become more and more like China, notwithstanding this whole issue with the vaccine mandates. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but there have been protests all over Europe about these vaccine mandates, uh, and they're coming down hard in the United States. We covered this on the Daily Caller episode this last week about why vaccine mandates are just stupid as a whole, um, but check out check out what's going on in France right now. This is just a really quick video clip of uh, police officers checking people's papers as they're eating in restaurants. Sorry, the video quality is not the best. Uh, apologize for that. And those of you who are just on the podcast, 
probably don't know what that was. It was just a bunch of traffic noise. Uh, but you see cops uh, going around to people in restaurants checking their phones and their papers to make sure they have the vaccine because they're instituting vaccine mandates across France and across a bunch of different places in Europe, which is, again, something that you, you wouldn't think that you'd see in the United States of America, but it's coming. I don't know, John, has TPUSA instituted a vaccine mandate in their company? Of course not. No, I mean, Turning Point USA does an incredible job um, saying that, you know, educate, don't mandate, like mm -hmm. basically my body, my choice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people too, this comes down to so many people, you even hear Charlie Kirk talk about it consistently. There's people that are coming out that are saying, I'm not pro or anti-vax, I'm pro-choice. Yeah. Like You should be able to decide. And then yeah. if you're living in a country like Europe and you can't even enjoy a meal without the fear of law enforcement coming up to you and saying, hey, I need to see a double check to make sure that you're vaccinated, because if you're vaccinated, you're saving people. You're a good part of society. It's no, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And it just goes to show how you give the government here in America or anywhere around the world, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Yeah. And you and it looks like in places like France, I like people should I don't know the laws out there. But in general, if someone came up to me and asked me, like in America, there's no chance I'm complying. People yeah. have no no right to know whether I'm vaccinated or not. And also, too, why are you asking me that? Because it, it's not as simple as you're saving people or you're killing people. That's what it's turned into. And it's an absolutely disgusting over exaggeration of this whole thing. Yeah. And, and uh, just to steal a couple of the statistics that we used from the quality control episode last week, these are numbers from the CDC. So this is not an anti-vax uh, rant. This is an anti-vaccine mandate. Uh, and, and if you're listening, you might not agree with the vax. So I understand that people don't, so some people out there might not agree with the whole vaccine thing, but this is not an anti-vax Thing. This is an anti-vaccine mandate thing. Reason yeah. being, if you get the vaccine, you're 0.08% have a 0.08 chance of getting the a breakthrough case of COVID. And of that, if you're vaccinated, you have a 0.0009% chance of dying from COVID. Just to put that in some context, John, more people have died. There have been more shootings in Chicago than there have been vaccinated COVID deaths. So somebody explain to me, given the fact that if you get the vaccine, there's no nobody else getting it has any bearing on your life whatsoever. It doesn't matter if anybody else is vaccinated, if you're vaccinated, according to CDC numbers. So is it strictly a power thing? Because I can't see any other actual reason it doesn't make sense politically it doesn't make sense from a freedom standpoint it doesn't make sense from a health standpoint uh it seems like just a power trip yeah it looks like a total power trip uh to me and i think it's been so effective especially here in the states over the past year and a half like i think it went from mass to you're a good member of society if you're wearing one if you're not you're basically killing grandma and then it's the same thing turned into the vaccine where it's like hey if you're taking it you're really saving people. You're a good member of society. If mm -hmm. you're not, you're basically just um, making sure this thing goes on longer. And it's a total power thing because I think it's like, I always look at uh, President Joe Biden as kind of like the the teacher that, that tells you like, you know, you do this, like, I'll give you, I'll give you a recess. You can, you can get that. Like if we get amount, this amount of vaccinations, 
you guys get to do this. Like you can get back to normal. That's not how it works. The power's with the people here in America. And we should also be able to talk about this stuff without people getting just like so incredibly upset or lose friendships over these things. Like I have some friends that have the vaccine that are younger like me. And then I also have some uh, older people I know that, that got it. Like people got to decide for themselves. Like yeah. that's what it should come down to. We should be able to have like civil discussions about this and not really just listen to the people at the top that are telling you, well, if we get to this point, this amount of vaccinations, like Joe Biden would say 350 million, there's not even that many people in the country. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just like, we should be able to talk about this stuff and people should be able to decide for them for themselves because this isn't even FDA approved. So well, let's, let's get to that. Yeah. It's, it's basically an experiment. And if you want to take that risk, go sure. for it. That, that's yeah. totally up to you. Yeah, um, it's kind of like the whole divisiveness kind of gets back to that whole adage of conservatives think their liberal friends are misguided. Liberals think their conservative friends are evil, uh, which is just, you know, kind of indicative of where we are as. Because how are you supposed to have a conversation with somebody if you think they're evil? Like, yeah, that's what the left is no. constantly pushing on you. Like, these people that don't wear a mask or don't get vaccinated, those are evil people. Don't even talk to them. And it's just yeah. creating more of a divide. And it's really, really sad. Yeah, like it we is. We should not be losing friendships like we are. Um, no, I, I totally agree with you. So um, anyway, John, thanks so much. I, I uh, really appreciate you coming on, sharing some insight with us, uh, adding a little bit of tinge of humor. I think it's fun that we kind of, you Always. know, every, everybody's upset. Everybody's everybody's freaking out. But, you know, you got to make fun of the little things in life. And sometimes the little things are the big things, uh, such as the political world. But thanks so much for, for joining us. You got any final thoughts to leave us with? Any Anything you want to pitch? Anything you want to promote? Go ahead and follow John. I'll, I'll, we'll have his Twitter up on the screen. Uh, Instagram what do you what are your what's your your social media drug of choice uh myspace I've, I've really gotten huge <laughs> <into that. laughs> no but I uh I use Instagram and Twitter uh quite a bit that's at Johnny root underscore there's no h in Johnny but uh, I'm so excited to be part of Turning Point USA just became a contributor this last month uh, I'm gonna be covering a lot of sports um and I think there's a lot of conversations that aren't happening in sports and politics is just so ingrained in that industry. It's such a bummer. So luckily I feel unleashed now after I got canceled, we're gonna be able to cover uh, a lot of different topics you're not gonna hear from mainstream sports media. You maybe only hear this kind of stuff from like Jason Whitlock and Clay Travis, yeah. but there's no one young that's talking about these things. And then also right here, TVUSA Live, it's launching September 13th, uh, Monday through Friday, three hours of live content. And awesome. it's going to be incredible. I'll be the daily show host uh, from nice. TVUSA HQ in Phoenix. So I, I'm really excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have uh, a lot of funny times, too, because we need a laugh. Just like yeah. you said, like, we need to have a good time. It's like this yeah. is a very divisive, tough time. A lot of us are pessimistic. But, like, let's get back to, like, the best medicine, which is yeah. probably not a vaccine. It's humor. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, good luck on that uh, September 13th release. I know you guys are going to front load probably with some of your big name guests, but when you start working down to the D-level people, I'd be happy to come out to Phoenix and joke about the news with you. So no, uh, seriously, you, you got to get out of here. That would be a blast. I'd love it. I'm, uh, I'm speaking with Charlie at a uh, an event, I believe September 11th, if he's still on the bill uh, here in Riverside. So we'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll bug him about it. But um, yeah. 
<laughs> awesome. John Root, TPUSA, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, stick around for just a quick sec, John, if you can. Um, thanks so much for joining us. The really, really funny insight, funny guy. Go check him out. Uh, Johnny Root on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, there's his handle right there. Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Joe Bob Show. We covered a lot. If you want to catch up on everything we talked about, go ahead and hit the Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you can get your content, that's where we are. Uh, see us there. We'll see you tomorrow. We've got Judge Steve Bailey, who's running for Attorney General of California, uh, coming on the show to talk about King Gavin, probably, and all of the things going around surrounding the recall election in California on September 14th. So, Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Uh, also check out our show Quality Control over on the Daily, Quali Qual yeah, Daily Caller Network. Uh, and we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless America. 